This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined today by Just Doy from the Ark in Aramoana, our favourite beach. How is life in Aramoana? Oh, wonderful. I woke up again this morning. Well, that's a good start. Yeah, the rest's all a bonus after that. <laughs> How was your bubble life in the Ark in Aramoana? We'll come back to talking about why it's the Ark. Yeah. Uh, bubble life was fantastic because it was very little difference from what it, my chosen normal life anyway. And what is that? I'm a happy hermit. Happy hermit. That sounds like a good place to be. Well, I'm quite privileged. Uh, responsibilities of child raising, etc., cetera, uh, complete largely and so i can make choices that suit myself i went into uh quarantine two weeks before the rest of new zealand did because i could see it as a useful test yep and uh yeah i I, no negative consequences for me whatsoever um i enjoyed it cool so you, you you carried on doing what you were doing already and the rest of the community joined in then well, I put up a, a quarantine flag and a, a wire across the gate, etc., uh, to indicate my preference. Yeah. And yeah, just carried on basically a completely normal existence. How did the community of Aramoana cope during the lockdown? Because it's quite a tight, a tight community, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, a mixture of people. I really don't know how other people cope because, like I said, I I sort of keep to myself a fair bit. Yeah. But you're right by the beach. Uh, precisely. Yeah, I like I can get to three beaches without walking past another human being. Now, that sounds like a fun place to be. I did a, um, a swim from right outside your place or on the corner to yes. the um, to down to Vauxhall couple of weekends Whoa. ago at home. That was, really? my, that was my big swim for the year. Shut up. Um, was the tide coming in? Yeah, yeah, so we took the tide down. Yeah. Yeah, um, nice one. It's it's certainly it's certainly nice at that end. The week weekend before we went from um from around the corner, went around past the, the old wharf where the wharf used to be. Um yes. and around to uh port back beach port at uh, port um but it was so foggy, we got lost um, in the. We were trying to follow. We were trying to follow the reds down. No, we were trying to follow the greens down, 
but we just couldn't yes. find the greens. So we swapped over and followed the reds down because at least they were sticking out a bit more. Right, yes. That's keen. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it keeps us out of trouble. It's, as you say, it's it's choices that suit yourself. So that's my choice. That's what I that's what I enjoy doing, particularly if on as we had that such a good run of weather for so long. I. So back to back to the the lockdown. So did you? It sounds as though you were enjoying it so much that that you weren't so desperate to come out of lockdown at the when the rest of us did. No, not at all. No. I mean, it's been very little change for me, even ongoing. Cool. Do you think you could, like, well, maybe you do. Can you keep that up indefinitely? Because the rest of the world, the the rest of the, the community, even though we had this kind of feeling that we quite liked it, recognising that some people were doing it hard and, and, and were vulnerable, but for most yes. of us, we actually enjoyed it. But we, yes. But as soon as we were allowed to rush back to being busy, we did. Well, that's a bit silly. So, what's the trick? How are you? How have you managed to not rush back to being busy? Well, you see, I've um, stood aside from the crowd for a long, long time, and I, I am living what I think is a more natural life. As I said, I'm in a privileged position because my uh, family uh, commitments. Uh, significantly reduced. Uh, I I don't have a job that I have to leave the house for. Um, so it it actually matches my chosen lifestyle quite significantly. I um, yeah, yeah. There there are certain positives in it. I I believe that the busyness and in inverted commas of our society is mental anyway. So the fact that that all had to shift was. Uh, I thought a good idea, and I, and I hope a lot of people found it similarly satisfying. Going back to um, community values that that place more importance on our personal relationships than our professional advancement up various ladders. When we talk about sustainability, we talk about it being a um, not a lesser life, but a better life. In response. In response to the sort of people who say, oh, you want me to go back to the caves and the, all the various movements, the transition town movement and regeneration and, and whatever else, they all quite strongly saying, actually, this is better. Let's just get on and do it. And you're, you're getting on and doing it. Well, I, I'm, I'm peculiar. I understand that. But it's, I identify as Neanderthal and, and we lived very differently to how sapiens do. Neanderthals spent 200,000 years interacting with the environment in an intimate way knowing our place in it whereas sapiens came raging up out of africa later saying profit uh you know everything's personal property and dominion over the world the earth's here for our use and that's just stupid it hasn't proven to be a long-term strategy has it so you take that living life in harmony that that what people would describe as an indigenous viewpoint you just take that back a lot further correct cool well, I mean, look, Neanderthal, according to the archaeological examination, Neanderthal lived without social change for 200,000 years, as evidenced by grave goods and grave rituals and, and you know, archaeological evidence. And the reason that it was unchanged for 200,000 years was because it was right. 
and then only you know less than 40,000 years ago sapiens came up as a new burst out of Africa with a very different perspective and seeing themselves as having dominion over the earth and the animals as if it was all here for our sole purpose and I don't think that's correct I'm not trying to convince anyone else but that's what I how I see it you're not trying to convince anyone else but you are you're you're living the dream so to speak you're living the you're living that experience you're, you're actually doing it well, that's that's the most uh, <clears throat> that's the most persuasive way to do. Like, I I'm quite an old person, <laughs> and there've been times in the past when I've done vociferous protests and loud noise. I think it's far more convincing to people to actually see that you're living what you say should be the case, and that's far more convincing than any theoretical construct, surely. Yeah. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Elkie Brooks, Pills a Singer. Why this one? Uh, oh, that takes me back to 1978, 77, 78. Lovely time, just some associations, and it's just a cute, light song. Pearls a Singer She stands up when she plays the piano
Night Club. So, you described yourself as coming from the Ark at Aramoana. Yes. Tell me more. Uh, well, <clears throat> 20 years ago, I saw the prospect of climate change and sea level rise coming. So I figured it was sensible to do something about it. But I had uh, lost my previous home and went mobile with two children for a while and then eventually chose to build the boat. Now, I bought the land here on the very edge of the water about four years after starting the boat and moved it here a few years ago. Cool. So the... I know what it looks like because I drive past it going to the beach. Can you describe it to, to others? Uh, well, it's a 45-foot-long boat, um, partly finished. Um, look, looks like an ark, funnily enough. <laughs> it's quite big. <laughs> uh, yeah, pop in and see it sometime. And it's, an, it's a... The, the, the notion is is that when, in a, when the inundation comes, you'll be... You'll be prepared. Well, it'll float a lot quicker than most people's homes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the DCC doesn't. The DCC yeah. doesn't think so, though. Yes. Uh, the government says it's a boat, but the DCC think they know better. Some of them. How, what's the government's measure? How, what what, uh, what what are they doing? Well, the government. I got. MB involved, Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, to help me, and they were so unimpressed by the misinformation from the DCC that they employed a naval architect to come and provide an expert's report. So us taxpayers coughed up $12,000 for this man to come and inspect the boat and take photos and present his report, and his report said it's a boat. It's not finished yet. Well, I could have told you that for a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> And as soon as he said that, which rather put the kibosh on the DCC's uh, peculiar behaviour, they appealed that decision. And, uh, yeah, it's still ongoing, still very active uh, process, which I won't be careful about what I say about it, but there's not a lot of honesty involved from their side. So if, if you – I know it looks – from the outside, it looks like a – in fact, you're right. You're right. It looks like an arc. That's a, a really good way of describing it, isn't it? Was that intentional? Yes. It's it's quite um, deep bottomed. It is. It's, yeah. Um, but it does have big windows. Presumably, when it floats, those big windows will turn into little windows. Well, uh, they'll all be completely covered up. With it'll be concrete on the outside when it's finished. Oh, okay. So all the all the current apertures in the hull will be uh, covered. Right. And do you have do you have a plan for sailing places with the boat with the ark? No, no, not at all. No, uh, that would require motors or propulsion, and I don't haven't got the money, and I have no need to go anywhere. The idea is to safely survive here or in close proximity. Because the. The, the sand spit that goes out from where you are is actually yes. like, it's disappearing, isn't it? It's a dynamic process. 
the the issue is the water table's rising as the sea level rises, the water table rises. So we already have flooding here on my section and adjacent ones. When we have a lot of rain, there's nowhere for it to go, so it can get quite deep. I, ha I have gardens up off the ground and all sorts of other uh, responses to this, which the DCC should really be taking on board, but uh, they don't have sufficient intellectual capacity to see that. So the blueskin people were building a climate safe house, but you're taking that a bit further. Correct. There's is a removable house, but yours is going to float off if it's needed. Well, yeah, that's one way. Yeah. It's, so, I'm, I'm preserving my options. It's, it's already high enough off the ground to, to be able to survive with water around it anyway. And the floating option comes later, depending on necessity. So are you a carpenter do you like or something? Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> uh, I've played around with wood a bit, yes. I built a castle once for someone. You did a, you built a what? A castle. You know, three stories, turrets, wooden shingled roofs, battlements, all that sort of thing. Awesome. Is that in yeah. Aramo is that in Aramoana as well? Correct. Oh. So there's there's a long history of of doing interesting things. Oh yeah, I mean and that's only this century. So it's hard it's, it doesn't do your head in thinking about last century. When someone says last century, I'm thinking about 120 yeah. years ago, but it's <laughs> it's not that, is it? No, correct. So what did you do last century? Oh, um, I've done lots of things. I had a professional life at one stage, but chose to let that go in, uh, to do more important things. Um, I've done some building and I've written, written books and I've done little legal work, all sorts. Cool. And and is is it something that you would advise other people to to consider or are you saying what building just, a boat just, you mean? No, just the the sort of life you're living. Is is it a is it a sort of thing that's you're saying it's like it works for you but it might not work for other people or should we give oh, it a go? How, what what could we yeah. do from that? Certainly wouldn't work for everyone. Because, I mean, my chosen lifestyle is informed by 50-plus years of focus. I read the Club of Rome report in 1973, which had been published the year before, and my entire life since has been predicated on the conclusions the Club of Rome report did in 72. And they... <clears throat> well, basically, they were saying, we've got options looking ahead to the future, and, and they proposed several scenarios looking at... Uh, climate and food and population and all sorts of things. And the worst scenario was do nothing, which we've promptly done. Yeah. Like I, I, have a, I have a scrapbook here, which I looked at recently, which I was keeping from, uh, which I put together from Otago Daily Times newspaper cuttings exactly 50 years ago. And it includes headlines like, um, uh, time is running out, climate change, and you know disaster if we don't change direction. And that's the ODT, for goodness sake, and 50 years ago. Well, not a lot's happened since then, is it? No, it's always frustrating when you see something like a, a news report that says something like sustainability, that was so 2019, or climate change yeah. rose to the fore in 2012. What? Well... The problem with words like sustainability is they tend to mean 
we'll do sustainably what we're doing now. And that's a terrible mistake. What they mean sustainably carry on with the rapaciousness that we've been uh, demonstrating for the last hundred years. My grandfather farmed in Southland with horses until he died, and his method of farming without off-farm inputs was essentially the same as people have been doing for the last 5,000 years. And it's only since then, the 1950s, say, or a wee bit earlier, where we've attacked the land with chemicals and trying to extract maximum profit rather than living in harmony. And basically, modern agriculture has been a failed experiment, but folks aren't understanding that quite yet. Because there's money to be made. Well, you can't eat money, and it doesn't make you happy. And we convince ourselves that we are selling high-value um, primary produce. We're raping the planet to do it. Yeah. I would suggest. So what's the – do we have a solution? Do we, do we all have to go and, no, we and, don't and have build an ark? Humans aren't bright enough to realise that we need to change so it'll take a disaster for anything significant to happen, sorry. So what lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic and how we've responded to the pandemic? Oh, good question. Um, well, I, I'm hoping it's given some people pause and reason to question the business-as-usual approach. I have heard people saying we want to get back to normal, but I don't think they realise that normal won't be coming back and it's a bloody good thing. So what are you hoping for? Some sort of new normal? It's something different? No, I want to wake up. I want to wake up tomorrow morning. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> As you said, that would be a start. But then what's the world going to look like at your window if your windows weren't boarded up? <laughs> um, it's a mess, mate. It's going down. Like 20 years ago, I thought it was really a good idea to prepare for uh, climate change and, and rising sea levels, and this has proved to be accurate and a reasonable way to approach it. Like South D's got some interesting futures. Um, so what people should be – since I demonstrated that 20 years ago I had a handle on what's going on, people should be asking me what's going to happen 20 years from now, but no one dares to. Go on, then. What's going uh, to happen 20 years from now? Where – where, um, what word can I use? You can edit this out, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll, I'll take I'll take that as as read. There's, there's no hope. How's that? No hope. Correct. You don't think that we can figure it out? Because the very processes we use to inverted commas figure it out are the ones that got us here in the first place. Yeah, and and in particular, if the the business processes that have, have got us into this place. But is it, I suppose it's something more than just business. It's just business as the the vehicle for exactly our consumption, well, our well, overconsumption. Yeah. Like, there's, we don't have too many people in the world. We just have the resources inequitably distributed. There's plenty of food. It's just that half of, it, half of what we grow is wasted or given away or thrown away because we can't make enough profit on it. Well, that's mental. So you've got children. Yes. We don't want to send them off into their, into their lives with no hope. We, we must be able to put together something resembling a positive vision. Oh, well, give it a go then. 
So how do, how have you described a positive future for your own kids? I just tell them to concentrate on people and um, following their instinct to do things properly and to do it right. And just day by day, that's it, really. There's no big plan. It's just trying to live in integrity and trying to live with um, with love rather than looking for a way to rip off the next person. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mei aroha nui ki a koutou, ko ta ho ho. I hope you're all the best of superstars. I really hope that we're all on to get going to be and illuminating for you more than who you are. Yeah, making things better. Now, as we know, we entered level Auckland uh, here in Aotearoa in level two. And I know for all of us, over the last year, this lockdown process has been resonating very hard, ups and downs. So much growth, so much. And now as we turn into another phase, what does this mean for us? For everybody, it's so different, just like all our experience. But by sharing, we can add to that process of co-evolution. It has been taking place since it erupted into being. How miraculous and beautiful several billion years ago. So amazing. And we are related. All that life's been co-evolved. Continues to co-evolve in a web. How amazing. So for me, I am in this time alone, living alone. Two beautiful to nine amazing. And several more on the way because County Rostokov is back. So there'll be even more hens, which is very mature. And for me, it's been such an interesting time not having lived alone before. But really, so many different layers and waves of learning this time. I think for all of us that if we do have the opportunity to have some time alone and have some time away from the intensity of conscious reality, it enables us to really connect with those aspects of ourselves that we may not have had the opportunity to really be still and present with before. And of course, as we know, at the core of our being, there is a sense of the eternal sense of oneness of all life. There is a sense of peace. There's all that we need, all that we are. Particularly, I know for many of us, over the lockdown period, being able to be surrounded by the living world, the natural world, is such a comfort. And by engaging with that living world and moving a step back from the intensity of the human world, I think this can be very helpful and to us all. So if you do have the opportunity to gaze out at the sky, if you do have the opportunity to have an adventure, exploring, connecting with the beautiful living world whilst observing COVID-19 regulation, if you do have the beautiful living beings who live with you that you enjoy connecting with, just taking that time to be present with them and really seeing them, appreciating them for the triumph that they are, just like we all are, just like all life is, and really giving yourself the opportunity to see unique aspects of the life forms that surround you and in turn celebrate your own unique aspects. I know for all of us at this time it can be useful and our wonderful, wonderful mind can become very busy so I would really encourage you you can take the time for yourself to have a bit of time just for you connecting with the living world again I 
think must be very helpful. And I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks, such a cookie tea. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Doi from Aramoana. Doi, we've seen lots of changes over the the last year. Are there any changes you've seen that you think will stick? And in particular, what ones you hope will stick? I think <clears throat> the uh, inverted commas crisis has given people an opportunity to reassess what's important. And I find it very positive that Neighbours are talking to neighbours more than they did a year ago, for example. Yeah, just that that process of even having to think about what is the, I know we don't like the term normal or new normal or the whatever the reset might be or other people are using regeneration. It doesn't really matter what they come up with. It's just the fact that they're doing it that is important. Absolutely. Spot on. What do you hope will come from that kind of reflection? Well, maybe it, <clears throat> the pause that it's brought has given people the opportunity to reassess their priorities. And there are examples out there. I, mean, I've, I, um, I set myself up quite deliberately to promote, that's not quite the word, to uh, demonstrate the kinds of things I think are important. I've, uh, four and a half thousand people have been through the boat looking at the things I'm doing, the way I'm doing it, sort of gardening systems and uh, ap- approach to life. And uh, I, I believe that's the most valuable thing I can do. What do you hope that they take away from that? Because uh, uh, Joy we, we, and laughter. Okay, so it's, it's not that you want them to take away saying, right, that's it, we've got to build a boat. No, certainly not. I mean, or... they, they, can, they can if they choose, but that's not the message. The message is to uh, take time to look for things that are more important than profit and uh, the kind of egotistical and, um, uh, what should I say, uh, personal focus that people have on on making something of their life rather than understanding that we're all a part of it. All we, we can't divorce ourselves from it. I mean, I, it looks as, it might look as though I'm uh, isolating myself from the rest of the community. And I am in a sort of ephemeral way, but basically I understand that we're all in this together. Yeah. And we need to... And, and one of the things that's kind of almost perverse about the, the pandemic is that by stopping us getting together, it made us realise how important that is to us. Yeah, good point. Has it changed how you... Get, getting together with people uh, I know you keep telling me that you're a happy hermit and not getting together with people but then you tell me that lots of people are and you, you see the importance of that community yes I, I don't personally need it very much but I'm really uh, really keen to encourage other people to explore these things themselves I, use, I have my life's purpose written up on the wall and it was a very wordy thing initially about supporting self, you know, self-sufficiency and resilience and but I've amended it, and these days it just says making things better. Yeah. I think everyone should have their purpose in life written up on the wall. Why not? Absolutely. And does it matter, what, does it matter what scale of things you're making better? Is it okay to just change some no. small things? Absolutely, yes. Because who knows what, small, what effect small things can have? Yes. 
like you, you can you can't tell what possible influence you've had i mean i once had visitors through the boat here a young woman of maybe 12 13 years as she left the place i heard her say to her mother i'm so going to build my own home and i thought well my god that's the last 10 years been justified perfectly <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully those small things will will add up or even better they'll multiply to have a big impact because it's that big impact that we need to have to avoid the 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 system collapse that the the meadows were talking about in the club of rome we 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 can't avoid the system collapse sorry it's inevitable it's just a normal distribution curve it happens to everything including the bacteria and the petri dish you know what i mean we're a part of nature and it's been a false equivalence to try and pretend that uh, we, we can have significant effects on it, or positive ones, because most of our effects so far have been ones that you don't want to see coming. So I'm trying to work out how you can be so sure that we've got systems collapse coming, if not already happening. It's already and, happening. Yeah, and be positive because uh, you are you are you, know, you talk about joy and laughter but it's it's not sure. a, that's not it's not a blinkered view you're telling me it's, right. it's not just that you've got your fingers in your ear and la 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 it's all happy right so so how do you how do you how do you hold those two things together oh good question uh because they're both they can both simultaneously be true you see like i think there's no but that doesn't mean to say i'm saying give up Yep. Because the actual process of dealing with these things, whatever it is that comes across in your life, that's the process that makes us human and that uh, is what life's about. The actual process of it, the action of it, rather than the, uh, the goals or, or any of that stuff. It's being human is what it's about. And that means you know, looking after small things, like don't stand on that spider. Yes. Let's go from a spider to Manhattan. Let's have Leonard Cohen. First, we take Manhattan. Why this one? Uh, oh, Leonard Cohen such a special man. And his songs slash poetry talk about things that are very real. And I, this was just one of those good ones. It was hard to choose a single one. Signal 
in the heavens I'm guided by this birthmark on my skin I'm guided by the beauty of our weapons First, we take Manhattan Then we take Berlin Your groceries in 
Well, it's Father's Day And everybody's wounded First, we take Manhattan Then we take Berlin Gardens enjoying this rain very much so uh yesterday was a root planting day and so i put seeds in the ground and gave them a light water and the rain finished it off nicely what are you planting at the moment uh well yesterday root crops basically um turnips things like that it's a bit bit late for carrots when will the turnips be ready is that like september yeah, it'll be a few months. So that's yeah, that's the late winter crops. Yeah. I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, staying sane <laughs> and dealing, uh, successfully dealing with stress because there's been a bit of that around. What's your superpower? What's my superpower? Yeah, there's a long version of that story, but let's just go up front. What's your superpower? <clears throat> What's my superpower? Uh, playing the ukulele. I should have got you to perform instead of just uh, picking Leonard Cohen no. and Elkie Brooks. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I could have asked. You could have asked. You just did, and I gave you the answer. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, that's a good question. Not in the usual sense of that word, but definitely otherwise. How otherwise? Um, because I'm quite conscious about the direction that I'm helping to move things. And I, I believe it's uh, important, my place in the community, big, big C community, that um, I remain positive and, and give people something to laugh about. I mean, it's, you know, it's very easy through the doom and gloom of these current times to lose uh, sight of that and that we must laugh and must love and and be silly. Being silly is so important, really important. What, not taking yourself too seriously, not taking everything not too taking seriously, I suppose. Correct, yeah. We've been exploring on the show, we've been exploring the people's response to the be kind message. And we've, right. had, we've had lots of dimensions on that. So it's be kind to other people, it's be kind to the environment, it's be kind to yourself in terms of humility. But, but maybe there's an also uh, a be silly aspect to being kind. Most certainly, because to be silly, you're not being too serious. Uh, and uh, being kind is great, and it's really curious that this has uh, resonated with people so much and slightly sad that we had to have it explicitly said. <laughs> but uh, nothing wrong with that. 
being silly is, is like light-hearted and looking for the fun and humor and things and watching for the coincidences that provide those extra and unexpected dimensions to every day. Wouldn't it be amazing if Jacinda had come out and said, right, we're, we're locking the country down and what I want you to do is hashtag be silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she could have pulled it off. Well, we're probably not ready for that to be a general theme yet. Maybe that's... Most, most people are stuck in fear, Samuel. Most people are frightened, I believe. Uh, fearful about you know, where their life's going, fearful about death, which means they don't live very well, and fearful about, I don't know, their children's prospects or their partner, does she still love you, or, or the job, is it going to be there, and will the mortgage rates go up? And there's lots of fear around. So. Being silly is a, almost a radical approach, and it's one I think with high value. And it opens up. I can't get. I've got Mr. Silly, the Mr. Mend, in my head. But it opens up. Like, well, we talk about well-being, but we've almost made well-being an academic concept. But yes. the, the, there is that notion of just you're allowed to do stuff. Yes. People feel terribly constrained often by our normal social boundaries and not wanting to look stupid, etc. And I think uh, looking stupid is quite a powerful thing, or stupid inverted commas, you know, uh, challenging some of the assumptions. This society is quite staid, really. We don't have the inverted commas Latin temperament where do a British and Scots. And so being silly is often looked down upon as not being proper. Do you think we, I'm channeling Mawira here, do you think that we are doing enough in terms of teaching people, bringing people up with imagination as a, as a thing they're able to do? No, because I, th well, I don't think we're doing enough about that. I'm sure there are lots of people doing their best. But uh, it, this life is very serious and people... People get quite perturbed because some magical financial number goes up by half a percent and it's all just nonsense, really. There we go. Moira just presented to the um, Social Welfare, I think, Select Committee on the Youth Justice Demerit Points Bill. It's a private member's bill from Luxton, yes. I think. Um, and she was opposed to it on the basis, or on lots of the strong basis, but... Um, on, on the basis that a punitive approach is not going to help somebody who already thinks that they already thinks that we think that they're bad counting how yes. bad they are is not going to help and what we need to do instead is be able to be setting the seeds for a positive future setting the seeds of that and that means teaching yes. people imagination yes or, or at least taking away the barriers that stop them from experiencing it within themselves because you can't really teach that either, can't teach imagination, but you can provide the environment in which it's encouraged, and it has to happen from birth, basically. Yeah. Ideally. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed? Um, joy. Like this whole thing, this whole life thing is just so remarkably funny and unexpected. It's just quite amazing to see what comes next. 
these aren't always good things. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of power, a lot of energy going around. So when you described the, you're, you're happy to, to wake up, that's not a, phew, I've woken up. That's a, yippee, I've woken up. Yeah, yep, 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 certainly. Here's, here's another chance at it. Awesome. Yeah, opportunity to um, explore the the options that are presented, and do well with them if you can, and laugh at the laugh at your own mistakes. And be happy with what you've got. I have spent. Yeah. I am um, on your beach. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a big pile of shells on the left hand side as yeah. you're standing, looking out that's appeared yeah. from nowhere. I could happily sit playing in that that pile of shells for hours that those piles are come and go regularly and they can be knee deep sometimes yeah it, it is it's quite remarkable and you know while you're playing for hours the large sea lion comes up behind and snorts in your ear hole it's a magical place indeed what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or two <laughs> Um, <clears throat> biggest challenge uh, well convincing the DCC that they should be paying me rather than prosecuting me would be a challenge yep biggest challenge yeah well that's that's kind of the focus at the moment I'm also helping various people with other legal issues and trying to overcome corruption in the courts there's a lot of that that sounds like a thing that is keeping you busy, but also doesn't sound like a thing that is that isn't a happy hermit kind of thing to do. It sounds suspiciously like going back to being a professional. Um, <clears throat> there are elements of that in it, but um, I mean, I'm doing it for free and I'm doing it because I care, which is quite different to the normal professional approach. And there's injustice out there, and I can't stand that. I will not be quiet when I see injustice happening. Good on you. Lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Uh, look for joy. There we go. My advice to your listeners is to look for joy in anything. Thank you very much for that advice. Thank you very much for joining me. Goro Samuel. Bluebirds fly. Mm.
tops High above the chimney top That's where you find me Oh, somewhere over the rainbow Bluebirds fly And the dream that you did You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio three times a week at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann and Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin. And I have been joined by Doy from the Ark in Aramoana. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.